Hello and welcome to the Walk in Love podcast. I am TJ. And I'm Brooke. And today I'm going to recap my trip from Austin and tell you all the things that I've learned that will then recap even more once we learn them even better. Together. It's like a learning spiral. Ooh. Yeah. So we're at the top right now. We're about to spiral down. Okay. You get it? So like... We're going to recap it. Yes. Going to go a little bit. And then and then later, we're going to spiral deeper. It's like we're digging deeper into the learning. It's a learning tunnel. <laughs> so I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Uh, I can't say that I have. That is not one of the things I learned, but it's a thing that I just, in, tunnel. just invented. And now you learned it. Okay. So you just started digging the learning tunnel. Oh, wow. So. You're further down in the tunnel. For sure. <laughs> okay. For sure. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you for making this part of your week. First things first, the Swamp Dragons are 2-0. and Let it be declared on this wow. day Getting right to it. that the Swamp Dragons are 2-0. and It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of sweet justice in it. Oh. Because we're, we're in the second season of the Winter Leagues. Okay. And most of the teams just play, like, like us, just play the second season. Yeah. And we've beaten two teams that beat us last season. That is sweet. We're back, baby. Sweet victory. Sweet, sweet victory. Um, and Swamp Dragons merch is here. <laughs> so <laughs> I designed this T-shirt. I designed a bunch of shirts, and Brooke and I decided that this one was our favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's hysterical. So, and then I wanted to just get a URL to make it easy, you know? So I went to SwampDragons.com, taken, parked. It only cost $14,888. Not, I think we can swing that, babe. <laughs> not the best investment. So we didn't get that one. So then I was between goswampdragonsgo.com and getswampy.com. So obviously I went with getswampy. Yeah. So getswampy.com. You can uh, grab your Swamp Dragons merchandise. Basically, I put the store up so that anybody that plays with us can just buy the shirt size that they want. I don't have to deal with coordinating. Yeah. And we also have kids tees since so many of the Swamp Dragons have kids and they're like, I want shirts for my kids. So. It'll be, it'll be like a short release. It'll only be up for like a week. So I think it's up don't now. Don't miss it, people. Don't miss it. You don't want to miss the Swamp Dragon merch. Don't. Um, so yeah, that's really it. Thanks for listening. Uh, <laughs> no. no. Um, oh, other big news. Uh, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-I-E, Nicholas, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S, is the big winner of the $300 gift card. Congratulations. Wow, 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 wow. wow. I feel very blessed. No car crash. Right. Um, Maybe that's the gift card landing in her inbox. Yeah. It's like, I won. Very blessed. Gift card. I love it. (laughs) So thank you for getting us to 300,000 listeners. I think we'll probably do another gift card giveaway when we get to 400,000. Why don't we just do every every 100K? Maybe at some point it'll have to switch to like a, it's not a $400 gift card, it's a $40 gift card. Yeah. We'll we'll cross that bridge when when we get there. Um. So that's amazing. Uh, and also what's amazing was you guys sharing the kind words about the podcast and just like writing, you know, what you love about it. Uh, and that, you know, again, I always say the highest praise we get is like the comments that are like, feel like I'm sitting down and having a conversation with friends, Yeah, which is really cool. Well, typical me, I forgot the giveaway was running and I just thought people were being like, so oh, this nice. Is so nice. <laughs> Like, yeah. wow, TJ's No, we have to pay people for their compliments. And everybody's so kind. They're <laughs> all posted about us. And then I was like, wait a second. No, yeah. We had a podcast. We had to pay them. So if I, oh, man. <laughs> Shoot. It's a pay to play type of thing here. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just kidding. You guys always say nice things about us, but they definitely increase when you can win a gift card. <laughs> um, uh, and also, if you're listening to this, hopefully you got a surprise last Thursday, which was a minute five-minute podcast episode, five minutes with Brooke and TJ. Uh, we're going to try it for the next two months to see how it goes. Yeah. Would love to know your feedback on it. We're, we're going to record it after this, so we're a little hesitant to talk about it right now, Brooke especially, because about. we don't know if it's actually going to happen. I'm right. confident. Of course. Strongly agree it's going to happen. It's going to be great. Yep. Brooke? Yep. Not so sure. Can I? You're a touch out of focus. Can I fix you? Yeah, sure. Keep talking. You can fix me anytime, babe. Um, So, yeah, so we're doing five minutes with Brooke and TJ. Uh, Every Thursday, we're going to try to release those. They will be short, hopefully to the point, challenges, encouragements, 
etc. for your midweek. Uh, and hopefully they go well. Let us know if you like them. <laughs> do, I look, do I look all right? Much sharper. Much sharper. All right. Um, I think the last thing before we get into it was a lot of feedback on when the segment should happen. Okay. I think before all at once was the winner. Okay. Uh, but it was pretty close. But uh, too close to what? To mix, mixing them some at the beginning, some at the end. Surprise. Yeah, surprise segment time. Although I did think of a new segment called Surprise, We're Calling You, where we actually call, call people. people. That is my nightmare. <laughs> Me being on the receiving end of that phone call. But I was thinking, like, we call my mom, we call oh, my oh, dad. Oh. Are you talking about listeners? I thought you were talking about listeners. Oh, man, that's even better. Okay. But I was thinking we call my dad. He could pick up with a butt dial and we could hear him, like, running or riding his bike. Yeah, or spreading mulch, you know, <laughs> something. Um, my dad is the king of the butt dial, and for some reason, I am the button his butt chooses to press. Yeah, which doesn't make any sense because it's not like you're at the top of the alphabet, right? Like, and it's an iPhone, so it's not like I remember butt dials used to happen because you would sit on the buttons, right? But like, how much heat is my dad's butt putting off that he's that it thinks <laughs> someone's touching me? <laughs> I don't know, a lot apparently. <laughs> Too much butt heat <laughs> coming in hot. Um, like TJ after chili. Um, okay. <laughs> chili or chilies or either. Both. Oh, chilies. That sounds good. <laughs> chilies. I feel God in this chilies tonight. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So <laughs> we're going to do the segments before okay. we might occasionally throw one in after. Um, but the, but one of the big comments was not doing them all the whole time, like not doing every segment every, every week. Time. So we're not going to do that. So, but today we actually got a comment on the YouTube uh, from, let me see who it is. It's from Lindsay Duarte or Duarte. I'm not sure. D-U-A-R-T-E. I would guess it's Duarte, but I'm going to go like that. Yeah. Lindsay Duarte. <laughs> um, she Surprise, was, we're calling yeah. you. Hey, oh Lindsay, gosh. you're on the line. Uh, what's up? <laughs> what's your greatest fear? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your childhood trauma. Yikes. <laughs> Everybody has some, so don't worry, Lindsay. We're all in it together. Um, uh, she wanted to know our Mount Rushmore of snacks slash must-haves from the grocery store, which was super helpful because sometimes we can't think of think a think single of category, and we're like Mount Rushmore of uh, things Snow on outside. the table. Snow on the car. <laughs> Snow on the driveway. <laughs> Snow on the porch. Snow in the sky. Those would be my part. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Ditto. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, I might do snow in the shovel. Oh, yeah. Because that means I'm clearing the way. Nice. Um, so Mount Rushmore of snacks, thanks to Lindsay Dort. Um, so, but if you have any Mount Rushmores you want us to hear uh, or you want us to go over, yeah. YouTube comment would be great. That would really help us out. Yes. Um, but that's the only segment we're going to do today. Okay. Because I got a lot of notes to get through. Okay. Okay, so Mount Rushmore snacks for me, Cheez-Its, sour candy, either sour punch bites or rips, mm-hmm. tortilla, tortilla chips. Yep. I think they're from... I think Uts makes Uts. sense. But it's tortilla. Yeah, it's like tortilla. Like, it's like Lindsay Dwarf. Um, right. With salsa and Spindrift, which Brooke laughed at me that I put a drink as a snack. Well, yeah, but now I see that her question is, or grocery store must-haves, which I might change mine. Oh. So are we doing... Is it like, is it truly a combo? I was doing snacks. Okay. But I bought but those. Still... Those are all purchasable at a grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> well, rips sometimes aren't, which is very it's frustrating tricky. to me. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Mine would be chips and salsa. Homemade popcorn. Nice. So this next one. Well, because you buy the popcorn at the grocery store, the true. kernels, and then you make it at home. And I make it at home. You're not buying a bag way. of popcorn. No, I might still eat that, but. I it's wouldn't be like, choice. gotta have it. Yeah, gotta have it. Um, speaking of gotta have it, so Cheez-Its has something new called Cheez-Its Snapped. It's very similar to like Ritz chips. I think they're friends or at least cousins. Or maybe enemies. Probably enemies because yeah. I think Cheez-Its Snapped ripped off. Oh, this is drama <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> snack drama. Anyway, both delicious. New I segment, would- snack drama. <laughs> I would take either. Okay. Um, okay, so then I put as my snack, my last snack, 
apples and peanut butter. Sorry, I've got a fuzzy on my <laughs> lip gloss. Um, fuzzy on my lip gloss. <laughs> snack drama. Because <laughs> I eat that a lot. But I wouldn't say that's a grocery store must-have. So I mean, we buy apples might, and peanut might, butter um, from the grocery store quite a bit. I might have to rethink that one. Okay. I like hippies a lot. Mm-hmm. Hippies also has a chip. <laughs> The kind of spicy, but one. they're not called chippies, which is a really yeah. unfortunate branding error. Yeah. Um, what did June used to call hippies? Burrito puffs. Burrito puffs. Don't know where that came from, but occasionally, well, they're kind of shaped like little burritos. I think. <laughs> I think she was thinking Cheetos, which aren't even shaped that way. Right. It's more like cheese puffs. Burrito but puffs. Burrito puffs were born in our <laughs> house. Um, now we're all hungry. So yeah, yeah, good, good times. Only segment today is Mount Rushmore, 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 mountains and mountains of snacks. Let us know what yours are. Caca, please. Oh, no, no, I'm free again. Caca. The drama with the Mount Rushmore. I know. Cavern dive. I don't know. Is he jumping off the mountain? I think originally he was falling into it. Okay. But Mount Rushmore is a mountain. That you look at. You can't get on top of it. Well, I doubt can you, you can. I'm sure no, you can get you arrested. No, you can't do it. Right. But it's not it's like the a shot, Canyon. though, are you saying? <laughs> Is that what we're going to go do? Yeah. That's what I'm picturing. Right? Like, it's not like the Grand Canyon. I'm picturing Mount Rushmore being moved, like a house being moved to mm. the edge of the Grand Canyon. Guy's okay. like, this is my Mount Rushmore of snacks. <laughs> ah. But he has Maui-like powers, turns into a bird, flies away. Lightning gets him. He falls again. Okay. Re, uh, like, comes back to... Consciousness, because because wow. lightning knocks him out, right? And then he turns into a bird again. So it's drama. I don't know his backstory. I don't know where he's from. I know where Maui's from. Yeah, I know his whole I'm, backstory. I'm saying Maui liked powers, oh, okay. not Maui okay. himself. He's busy. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, he isn't time to tell us his Mount Rushmore snacks. Yeah. Um, also, a few more songs were added to both playlists: Dave Barnes, John Foreman, basically the whole Judah album to the worship <laughs> playlist. I just mixed it in there. Uh, and Maybe if I mix it up, people won't know it's AJR and Half Alive. Yeah. And I have some more that I wanted to add, but I didn't get to it. Also, my Spotify got hacked, which is kind of annoying. Yeah. So it says, like, recently played, and it's all this, like, really... Inappropriate stuff. Rap. Yeah. Rap songs that probably have bad words in them. I didn't listen to them because right. I'm a Christian, right. obviously. Um, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> We actually really didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to them, but they all had explicit on it. Okay, so today, strong feeling. The remarkable notepad is one of the best purchases I've ever made. Yeah, it's real good. I like mine. It's remarkable. Remarkable. Uh, So, anyways. So, I am going to recap uh, my trip to Austin, Texas that that I just took last week uh, to a group that I'm a part called Integrated. Um, it would be considered a mastermind group, uh, which is basically like a group where you're being taught by the people running it, but then you're also being taught by the people in it. So like, yeah, everybody in it, uh, the requirements for this one is everybody in it owns a business Mm -hmm. is a Christian. Yep. And is a dad is a dad. Although there were a couple exceptions this time, which was fine. It's fine. Um, but they, they have like, a interview process that you have to go through to be entered in the group or you have to like know someone. So it's like, not just like anybody can sign up and come. So like, this is our third meetup. It started last year by Jefferson Bethke and Jeremy Pryor who run family teams together. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of the people are kind of from that family teams community that they've built. Um, and so it's really just focused on integrating your family, your faith and your business all together rather than basically living on separate islands, trying to like travel between them. Yeah. Um, Jeremy is basically Gandalf, which is cool. Um, because every time he opens his mouth, everyone is quiet You're almost just like, instantly. Sh- just be like, sh- Gandalf is speaking. <laughs> um, and he's also a huge fan of the Lord of the Rings. So there's like a really strong brand connection there. Yeah. Um, sorry. I, I was at the end of my notes. I'm swiping back to the beginning, but we, our first meeting was last year in Austin. And then we met in Kentucky in the summer. And then this year we were back in the same place in Austin what? I'm remembering how we didn't realize you were in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was, well, Cincinnati. Right. Which and apparently was saying Cincinnati. And Cincinnati, I guess, is in both states. Sort of like Kansas City. Seems made up. Yeah. I'm I don't just trust chuckling it. Chuckling at remembering that podcast yeah. where we figured that out. Um, 
So the group is awesome. I love being a part of it. And I love it so much that Brooke had the idea to invite her brother Taylor into the group, um, which was amazing to have him there. And overall, I would say that was my number one highlight. Having Taylor there, uh, I'll get into it later, but yeah, hands down, just so cool to see. Group of guys is awesome from all over the country, own a variety of different businesses. Like there are some... Everything from like organic meat farmers (laughs) to like... Owners of Chick-fil-A Owners of, to... Not, not the Chick-fil-A, no, but a Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Uh, there was a, there's a financial planner. There's some guys that own some digital agencies. There's a few authors. Uh, Just like internet people. Internet people. A guy that welds copper... Obviously. ...somethings together. That like you build airplanes in. I don't know. He explained it to me. I was like, that sounds hot. And he's like, <laughs> it is. Um, but yeah, just great group of guys. Love being with them. Love seeing them all. Um, and just like, you know, I, it's not that I don't have friends locally because I do. I want to say that again loud and clear. I have some friends. Right. I am not one to like hang. I am and I'm not. Okay. Let me see. Let me, We're getting there. Let me just th- think how I can do this. I am not one to be like outside of Mark, Matt Clark. I don't get like. And maybe one other guy. I don't get coffee with people and like talk about serious things. It's right. mostly like we're playing soccer, you know, right. we're getting swampy.com, get swampy.com. Right. Um, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So this is like my group of friends that I like. We, it's like we, your small group. It's like your dude group. It's my dude group. Skip the layer of surface talk. We're going deep. Right. Almost instantly. Right. Which I love. Yeah. Into the tunnel. In, in, yeah. We're going down the learning tunnel. Yeah. Everybody's on board. Yeah. Put the goggles on. Here we go. They've brought their splunking gear. (laughs) Yeah. We're ready. ready. So it feels like I'm with friends that I've had a lot longer than I have actually had them. Right. I mean, some of the guys I've known for a few years, but like most of the guys I met last year in Austin. Yeah. But it feels much deeper. In Texas, yes. Um, Anyways. So it was great. I loved it. I'm just going to... This this episode sort of feels like this. No notes. 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 No. I mean, we have notes, and you have notes, right? But we're gonna bounce around between all the good things you learned. We're just gonna we're just gonna plow through them. We're gonna read right. them. Brooke's gonna ask questions occasionally, yeah, or just nod the whole time. <laughs> Probably that. Um, Let me say that it was the first time you met in Austin. Yep, last year, which was last February. Mm-hmm. That led to us doing a Sabbath, mm-hmm. having a seven-day rhythm, changing some things about her business, having longer plans. Finan- like I, It changed her life. It really did. Yeah. And I feel like when I saw everybody being like, oh, my favorite episode is this, because you were asking yeah. me the other day. Sabbath like, changes everything. Seriously. So I, I, this is me and my personality trying to get ahead of like, this might not all make sense right. as he unpacks it. But know that it is probably in some shape or another what we're going to talk about for the next year. For the next year, like yeah. in more depth. Yeah, we will take you down the learning tunnel. Yeah, or I'm again. We're just at the. We're All at right. the, the the. We're at t- the entrance gate. Yeah, to the learning tunnel. Okay, and we're going to read mm. what's coming. Okay, and then we're over the next couple of months going to dive deeper. Right. So at parts there's stairs. At parts there's a slide. Yeah. It varies. Uh, okay. Yeah. So integrated. Here we go. <laughs> I almost like I'm a little overwhelmed because it was so much. And it was right. so good. And then it's also like there are so many funny things that happened. Um, but yeah, anyways. So first thing on my notes, it's not about us. <laughs> okay. All right. See All then. right. Thanks, Gandalf. Um, meaning what? Meaning like. Our family is not about us. Our business is not about us. It's about right. serving. It's about, you know, glorifying God through what we do. Yeah. And just like, okay, thanks. Right. Because so much of our tension and decision making and everything is out of like our own yeah. thoughts. Yeah. And like what, a, what a, I want it to be. So first you know? of all, let me backtrack. Okay. I'm already backtracking. Okay. Here we go. All just right. hold on. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, metaphorically. Oh. Yeah. Not okay. literally. Okay. I might not do well with the sound. Um, so we get there on Super Bowl Sunday night. Not a lot of people travel on Super Bowl Sunday. So planes were wide open. It was kind of <laughs> nice. Um, 
One of the guys in the group, his, he owns a company called Peterson Craft Meats. Yes. Out of Minnesota, I believe. I think that's right. We have ordered meats from them. Delicious. There's still in, some is still in my freezer. Dynamite. Dynamite. He, so one of the things they say, Jeremy and Jeff say the group is bring your, bring whatever talent you have and, and show us. Talk about it. Show I did us. not realize that this, that this was him. Yes. From the photos and video. So <clears throat> Andy from Peterson Craft Meats yes. decided that he wanted to show us how to butcher a pig. Yeah, of course. So it's one of the things he does. He's comfortable with it. So he coordinated with a butcher shop in Austin, had a pig. We went up to the roof deck. They're like, we have a surprise for halftime. Go up to the roof deck. D- did I expect to see a dead pig lying on a table? No, yeah. I did not. Right. Was I sort of queasy about it? Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> did Taylor jump in head first and literally cut the head off the pig? Yes, he did. Not surprised. So, Andy, it was just like, again, when you see someone do what they do, yeah, it's impressive, regardless of it's like, you know, yeah. I want to say figure skating for some reason. That is very impressive, actually. Can yes. someone in the group figure skate? Yeah, I wish. I don't know. Is it you? <laughs> You need to meet in winter on an icy pond. <laughs> Cue the music. Oh, man. Uh, uh, ice skating is really hard. Yeah, really hard on the ankles. Anyways, <laughs> so he talk. he's like, he's just touching it. Like, you can just tell he's comfortable with it. He's like, right. here's the butt. Here's the butt crack. Here's the, I don't think he said that, but that's what I was thinking. You were like. There's the butt crack. Okay. <laughs> okay, here we are. <laughs> you know, here's the, like, he pulled a piece out, like, out of the innards. He was like, this is called the the butcher's heart. And. You know, it's like a treat for the butcher. And I was like, well, I'm fine. It's fine. Yeah. And then he was like, who wants to cut off the head? And so then. Did no one volunteer? Taylor raised his hand immediately. Oh, of course they did. Um, so I was like, <laughs> trip is worth it. We're here. So he said, so I took a picture of him. Like you sent a video. Oh, I sent a video. Sawing off the head. Yeah. And then, sorry, if you're, if you're a little queasy, sorry, sorry. this is meat talk. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. But then he talked about like all the different parts. And then he made like food from all of it. Yeah. And it was obviously uh, delicious. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. He was like, I'm not a chef, you know, I'm just a butcher, but right. So, so good. Yeah, so anyways, if you know what you're doing. That's how integrated started. started. <laughs> it's like, are we, is this animal sacrifice or wishing we, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Like there's new guys just entering that atmosphere. <laughs> just being like, like wow. what did I, I sign I was gonna watch the Super Bowl. up for? Um, <clears throat> so uh, anyways, we are, you know, so, the, so then we have our first session where Jeremy kind of sets the tone. It's not about us. That's the first thing I wrote down. Um, and then he talked about, I forget the book. I, I didn't write it down, but he talked about this atheist who wrote this book. He wrote this book about the Muslim faith and like all the kind of debunking talks about it. And then he was like, I'm going to do the same thing to the Christian faith. And he essentially wrote a book that said the DNA of Christianity and Jesus is so has so affected our culture mm. that we don't even realize it. You yeah. know, and he talked about how like, uh, um, we, we, he basically was like, we don't understand how much human and cultural DNA comes from Jesus. Like, and we, especially as modern Western uh, people, it was yeah. just like, like compassion and empathy, like things like that are not, because this guy who wrote this book and I, I'll try to find it. Um, said that like civilization wise and culturally through history, like compassion and empathy are not a thing. Right. Like people used like, like used to be, see people like publicly executed and right. yeah. hung on display. And it's like, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. That is because of Jesus. And just right. like, basically like he was an atheist making the point that Jesus has, has affected all of culture. Mm. And it was just like, so like, I was like, I've never really thought of that. Like yeah. we as modern Western kind of, people kind of just like take that for granted, like be kind, yeah, love each other. Like, do we always do a great job about it? No, but it it definitely permeates through culture. Yeah. Which was really cool. Um, and we, uh, and basically like there's no end to his impact on our world. Mm -hmm. Like he started and now there is no end to it, which is really cool. Um, and then we want to help. And he was basically talking about the glory of Jesus and the glory of God And we want to help our kids experience the glory of Jesus. Yeah. And one of the ways that they they really were kind of talking about doing that was this sort of Bible study. He had a name for it, but it was basically like, this is what you do. Super simple. You don't need any sort of tools or extra things. You pick pick a story in the Bible 
you read it in two versions. So like NIV, ESV, King James, right. whatever, like message. And then you ask your kids if they're old enough to retell the story from memory. Mm-hmm. And then while, and then after they're telling it, you fill in the blanks that they may be left out. And we tried it there. And, and the guy that told it, Gabe started telling the story that we were, we read and he definitely left things out and we filled it in. And it was just like kind of cool to see that. And it helped us sort of remember and like really kind of oh, yeah. absorb the knowledge. So I want to try that. There with is our a word kids. for that. That's what June was studying. And that's when she was all about Goldilocks. Yeah. For a long time. They read like 18 different versions of the book. Yeah. And the point was for the kids yeah. to be able to, you know, so that was cool. That was like kind of inspiring just like to engage your kids with the Bible, even if you're not like, it's not my go to, if I'm honest. Like, my go to is sitting and reading that. Yes. My go to yeah. is They're fun. also six and three. Right. But still, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the next morning, so that was like the first night that we got there. It was just like a real quick. And then most of it was just like hanging out, seeing old friends, chit chatting, et cetera. Uh, and then the next morning, um, he talked about Malachi 4 6, which is a prophecy that turns heart of the fathers to children and children to their fathers. And like how that was like the last prophecy before Jesus came. Um, and so like that was really just impactful of like that is so val- that is so important and valuable to God mm-hmm. that we would turn our hearts to our kids so that our kids can turn their hearts towards us mm-hmm. and we can turn their hearts towards the father um which was really really cool um and then one question that he asked that I wrote down it says what does it look like when the faith dial is turned to 10 you know obviously i said 11 cuz all these go to 11 <laughs> um And I was like, I don't know if I've ever lived that way. Like if I've ever turned my, you know, and maybe that's me just being hard on myself. Like we shut down our business one time. Like that, I feel like that would would be turned to 10. Um, But that was like, that's a really good question. I think to ask is what does your faith look like when the dials turn to 10? And are you living that way? Are you living more at a two or a three? Mm -hmm. And how can you do like, Mm -hmm. and some of that's like, I think, I think, and I mean, maybe this is just me. Instantly, I picture like, oh, I'm out preaching the gospel in the street. Right. But like, I think having your faith dial turned to 10 is like, you know, you're living rhythmically, you're giving and tithing, you're praying and fasting, yeah. you're spending time with the Lord. It's not a very these, well-rounded. Yes. It's not the just like, I'm going to like, go be loud about it. Right. Exactly. And I think sometimes culturally we are shown like, you got to be loud about it and right. do or that thing somewhere, or yeah. travel somewhere or do something hard. And I think for some yeah. people that is very much a reality. Yeah. Um, but for most of us, uh, as parents, husbands, wives, non-single missionaries, our mission field is our family is cultivating that family very well and and pointing them towards the glory of Jesus. Um, one thing I wrote down here is, uh, you, you want to be so close to Jesus that the glow of him is reflecting off of you. Um, I think Jeff Becky said that he was talking about just like how, like even from an internet culture, you don't see a lot of Christians reflecting that glow. Uh, you, you know, you see a lot of kind of nastiness online and like, we should not be that way, which is always like an encouragement to me because Brooke and I have really made that in a pillar of what we do that like, we don't want to just get into the fray because the fray is loud. We want to reflect the glow. So that was really cool. Um, And then he had us write down when we've experienced God's glory. And so I wrote down a few things, um, which I don't know if I'll share right now. That's okay. But that's a good thing for people to write down. Yeah. And I had, I have, no, I'll, I'll share them. One time I, uh, there's this old mentor of mine, his name's Brian um, Ludwig. He really just kind of spoke a word of knowledge over me early in my faith. Kind of was like, I never met him before. He's like, Hey, can I talk to you? And I was like, sure. This is kind of weird. You have a bowl cut. Um, <laughs> like, can I trust you? Can I trust you? And, uh, and uh, he was just basically like, here's what you think about Jesus. And, I was just like, and nailed it. That's true. Ooh, what's happening? And he's like, and here's what he thinks about you. And I was like, oh, what's <laughs> happening? Uh, so that like really, I think launched my faith, that conversation in, in, into like reality. Like I'd been a Christian, but that was the first moment where I had like this holy moment interaction with the Lord. Mm. The other one I wrote down was uh, fasting for 40 days. I did that one time, which is crazy. I'll do it. But that will do it. Yeah. Um, 
June being born, Sunny being born, and then June 17th, 2019, which is part of this audience, we had, we brought back the t-shirts. Yeah. We had a goal. And if we didn't hit that goal, we were going to close up shop forever. And I was going to go get a real job. Yeah. And we hit that goal in 10 hours. So yeah. that was like a really cool day to see the glory of God. Okay. So, uh, the next thing that we kind of went into, um, my, our friend Glenn Henry was there, yeah. belief in fatherhood. Yep. He taught a segment on storytelling. Um, and it's so funny. Glenn and I are really good friends. Yeah. Glenn is the quintessential four on the Enneagram. Yes. And I'm the quintessential seven and fours and sevens don't often mix well. Right. But for some reason, Glenn and I do because yeah. we can connect over certain things. Although the just, it's so funny as you study the Enneagram and you know people, it's their numbers. It was just like, Glenn, you're such a four. Like so I, crystal clear. So crystal clear to me. Yeah. And it's really helped me have like a lot of empathy for him and compassion yeah. for him because it's not how you it's see the world. not how I see the world yeah. at all. Yeah. Fours are tradi- are typically the only number on the Enneagram that are completely content with melancholy, mm-hmm. which sounds like cutting off a pig's head to me. <laughs> no, thank you. Unsubscribe. <laughs> I have unsubscribed from melancholy and turned off the notification. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> um but he was he he basically taught a lesson on like sharing your story, storytelling, storytelling with Glenn is what the, my notes say. Okay, <laughs> and not even from like. And what was really cool about him is like obviously he's made a living sharing his story on the internet. Um, he talks about being a father and uh, kind of all that entails. Yeah. He's been featured basically everywhere. Yeah. Um, but he was talking about it like so. So let's say the internet is not your place where you make your living or you want to share your story. He was basically yeah. telling like us make videos for your kids Mm -hmm. to watch when they are older. Explain to them who you are at this moment because you won't remember when they're 16 and they ask you who you are at this moment. And that was super powerful of like, you know, we talk, we share and like we talk here. And so like this podcast is a great place for when June's 18 to be like, I've often wondered if they'll come back and listen. Go If you want to know who, who me and your mom were when we were, (laughs) you know, when you were six, Oh, go boy. listen to the podcast. Yeah. And, and so th- there, so there is part of the internet that's really cool and beautiful that does that for us. Like yeah. if we share stories and then there's like the time hop stuff and like all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but this was more of like, even on a personal level of like talking to your kids through the camera, telling them who they are, telling them who, what you think about them at different stages in their life. And then a bunch of dads chimed in and was like, one dad was like, we have journals for each of our kids. Yep. And while my wife writes in them pretty regularly, I just write on their birthday. Like mm-hmm. that's just easy for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not my strong suit, but I make a point out of it. Um, another person shared that like some dads have email accounts email for their accounts. kids. Yep. So they send them an email whenever they're thinking about them, which is pretty cool. Don't lose that password. Um, <laughs> but it was, to me. <laughs> yeah, but it was really cool to just like, and I've heard Glenn talk about storytelling. So like it wasn't yeah. brand new information, but He's such a good storyteller. Yeah, naturally. And so, naturally, and he's got so much, he's so emotionally invested in everything he does as a four, which is really beautiful, Yeah, um, that it, it was just fun to see him kind of shine on that. And so I'm texting pictures of of him to his wife and being like, your husband's killing it. Aww. He's doing such a great job. That's awesome. Um, and one thing that he said um, that I really liked that I wrote down is, if you don't know who you are, people are going to tell you who you are and you are going to believe them. And that is Man, both true about us individually and that is also true about our children. Yeah. And so if our kids don't know who they are, the world, culture, school, people, kids, bullies, boyfriends are, boyfriends are going to tell them who they are yeah. and they're going to believe it. And so our voice is naturally the loudest in their, in their world, but it's, uh, yeah, it's only the loudest if we're actually using it. Yeah. And if we're actually telling them who they are, who God's created them to be mm-hmm. and all the good things that they have to bring to this world. Otherwise, if you're quiet about it, then how will they know? You know? So yeah. that was kind of the, the, like the bring it home point that he made. Yeah. Um, and one. then another thing that he said that I really liked was not sharing your story could post, could be postponing people's reconciliation. And so he told mm-hmm. this really powerful story about how he was talking about being a dad a, a dad watched a, a soon to be dad that oh. didn't want to be a dad watched yes. that and ended up making a decision to save his child's life. Yes. And he like sent Glenn this email and we're like all crying there. And it's like, 
28 guys on a rooftop crying. Yeah, next to a pig. Yeah, in Austin. I was kidding. Uh, Hopefully it was cleaned up by them. (laughs) (laughs) Was it? No. No, yeah, it was fine. Um, (laughs) But it was just like really powerful, great stuff from him. Um, But I did actually think of this. I said, (laughs) this is so total tangent. We sat down on the roof for this session that after the the pig cutting and I was like if there's ever a crime committed up here, yeah. they're going to like find pig blood and be like we think we have something really <laughs> weird going on. For sure. <laughs> the pig was dead and frozen by the way. It yes. wasn't alive when of we Of course. <laughs> when he brought it to the roof. Uh um okay, so that was really great awesome seg- section about telling your story. Um the next, like a lot of things Jeremy taught were in the morning were basically focused on like husband and wife interactions, um, really trying to love your wife so she can flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things he said was that like <clears throat> our wives sacrifice so much to have children. Literally, they sacrifice a ton because it's a physical endeavor. It's an emotional endeavor. Yeah. And it's a time endeavor because right. a lot of us, a lot of moms don't go don't go to work. They don't have adult friends for a season. Um, right. And so, like, when they have an issue, like, so, like, if I have an issue, I have a network of people who I've worked with, who I've interacted with for years and years, that I could go and try to solve this issue. Yeah. A or lot that you've at least seen frequently or, yes, or recently, yes. I should say. Uh, a lot of moms don't have that same network. Yeah. And so like what he was talking about in the, in the session about like this session was like, sometimes your, your wife doesn't have, just has a networking problem. And so you need to encourage her to make friends, keep friends, and you need to sacrifice some of your time so that she can have those friends. Um, and so that was really good. Um, and then one thing that he said that I wrote down that I loved was every time your wife is having a problem, think of it as a love problem, uh, which is just like, one, that's beautiful. Let that be known. Two, it is even equally beautiful to know that there are 28 men in this room listening to that and all, literally when he said it, all writing it down in a culture that has basically said men are useless and they don't ever want to do anything hard. Like, you know, we've kind of beat up on men for a long time now. Yeah. And, And I just want to speak against that to any of the men listening. Like you are... You loving your wife, you considering your wife having a love problem is so powerful. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. Yeah. You lean into loving her the best you can, and you won't get it right every time, but you're doing a good job. Let that be known. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and this kind of went into it. So I'll skip one section here and go. Are you getting a little emotional? I'm okay. You're fine. I mean, yeah, Everything's I've fine. teared up like four times. Okay, now, but cool. I'm all right. I'm like so focused. I also on... did not have coffee this morning. So if okay. I'm yawning, it's not because of what <laughs> you're saying. Um, I just didn't drink enough. <laughs> and then one thing we talked about was, uh, it's further down, so I'll get to it, but it, it kind of tied into this in a little bit later. Um, the next section that we had was called how to not raise, raise spoiled brats, <laughs> um, which is a fear. Like, you oh, know, yeah. we, I grew up thinking canned peaches were a delicacy. Um, we basically never went out to eat and now we almost get takeout every Friday for our, our, our for our family. Yes. And so there definitely is this fear that as you have success, yeah, your kids aren't going to realize how much that costs right? and what you do to get it. And they're going to become sort of like they expect all that nice stuff. Yeah. There is tension there. Yeah. Um, and so, <clears throat> This was a good session to have. I, I didn't, I, I felt like I didn't take too many notes. There were some books that they recommended. Um, the, but one of the things, a couple of things I wrote down was the only way to be safe as a successful family is biblical. Hmm. And just like to have our foundation there to live by the words, the word of God will make our family successful from like a not being spoiled brat side of things. Hmm. Um, and that, teaching your kids that if you are blessed, if you have found blessing financially, you know, in the world, that, that, that is to be a blessing. Right. And, you know, a phrase that we use in our house a lot that, that we'll use more and more as our kids sort of understand the concept is give what you have. 
And so like a couple months ago, we gave away an old 2001 Civic because that's what we had. We didn't use it and we gave it away. And so like there are, there's so much value in that. It's not give, it's not give once you have enough, it's give what you have. Yeah. Um, and so teaching your kids that if you have financial blessing, that that is to be a blessing is so valuable in rate and not raising spoiled brats. Mm. Um, uh, let me see here. One of the things, uh, so when we were talking about like not raising spoiled brats, there was a lot of conversation about that, like within the group, one of the guys in the group is an Olympic gold medalist, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, we get it. Um, and he was talking about how like we win together and we lose together. So he has three kids. Um, and he's like, he was using the example of Brussels sprouts and he was like, so we're all at the table. If you want a cookie, we got to finish our Brussels sprouts. Everybody has to finish them. Mm -hmm. He's got like a six, three and one. Yeah. Six, three and one. I think they were or six, three and two or six, four and two, somewhere in there. Younger kids under six, three of them. So obviously the six year old can comprehend that and be like, I can push through. Like you, you, you can, you, you know, the, you know that it's going to work as a six year old, at least most times. The other two, not so much. And so what yeah. he says is like, you can either encourage your siblings yeah. to power those Brussels sprouts down, or you can bite the bullet and you can eat one yourself. <laughs> and he's like, and, and what he said is like, we win together as a family and we lose together as a family. Mm-hmm. And I could tell like there were a couple of guys in the room that were like, Oh, I, I don't know about that. Like, yeah. I don't, like, I don't want to, and, and, and he says he doesn't do it all the time. It's right. not like a, you know, philosophy for every meal, but there are times where that is the lesson that he's teaching that night. Sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, the older one ate him. He gets a cookie. Yeah. The younger one doesn't like, yeah. and there's a lesson there too. But I really like that, that like, I like the encouragement that it creates within your family team that you want to like that your older ones become cheerleaders for your younger ones yeah. and vice versa. And like, I just love that element and that attitude about it. Um, and then a question that we, and then one thing that we talked about in this sort of conversation was like, we want to be a family culture of high demand, but also high support. And so like that, that's been talked about a few times in integrated. And like, it's basically like you want to have high demand for your kids. Excellence. You want them to do things, you want them to do hard things. And you want that dial turned up to 10 and you want to also have high support with them and you want to love them well, encourage them through it, yeah. get, you know, pour praise upon them when they do it, be there for them when they fail, like all that kind of thing. And so he was asking us like, where, what does our dial turn to in terms of high demand and high support? And, and it's not like you want them at the same. You don't want them both at five. You want them both at 10. And I put mine at high standard, high, high demand or high standard, I think is what he called it at five and support at seven. Do you think that's That's where you think we are now? That's where I think I am personally. Where do you think you would be? Oh, goodness. I don't know, but I can think about that. But it, And he was like saying, like, you know, as, as dads, you tend to lean one way or the other. And so there are some dads that you know that are like, there's a standard and it's 10 and you got to meet it. Right. And they don't show a lot of support and that's hard for kids. And then yeah. there are dads that are like, Here, everything's a playground. Let's just have fun, fun, fun. And well, if you can't tie your shoes, that's fine. I'll do right. it for you. And so I feel like I land somewhere in the middle between, but definitely my support is higher um, and he's like, and it can change with different kids. It can change if you have girls or boys, like there, there are a lot of things, but yeah, we want them both at 10, which I thought was really encouraging. And then Bethke, uh, talked about this study that was given, which I, which was so fascinating. He said there was this study given about, I think there were fifth graders. I can't remember the age, hundred kids, thousand kids, whatever. <laughs> and they were all told different things while they were trying to complete a task. Mm-hmm. And one group excelled so much because of the phrase that they were told that uh, they changed the study just to study that phrase. Right. And so it was 19 words. And it was, if you give these 19 words, it will improve the results of what your kids are doing. And it works. Mm-hmm. We have tried it already and it works and it's incredible, but it also is basically a reflection of that high standard, high support mentality. Yeah. And here's the 19 words. I'm giving you these comments because I have very high expectations of you because I know you can reach them. And so we did this the other night with dinner. June didn't want to finish her dinner. And I said those 19 words or a variation of those 19 words. Yeah. And she finished. Yeah. And it's worked with Sunny. It's worked a bunch of times. Yeah. And I'm just like kind of shocked by it. Right. 
But if someone told that to me at work, you know, if you told that to me about something, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah. yeah. I would be encouraged by that. Yeah. So 19 words. I'm giving you these comments because I have very high expectations of you because I know you can reach them. So good. Hmm. So that was a great uh, lesson. Uh, some other things that were talked about during that time were be dis- like one of the dads says, be disciplined or be disciplined. Like those are your choices, <laughs> which right. I really like. Uh, someone said, our legacy is tied to our last name, not our first. Very like team motto. Yeah. Um, and like the back to the Brussels sprouts things, he was saying like, it's not a verdict. It's not, it's not like if you don't do this, you don't get this. It's a challenge. And right. he tries to really kind of create that language in his house. Yeah. Um, and then the real, and then another way not to raise spoiled brats is be the proxy for reality, forcing them through to go through hardships. Like, and we were listening to a podcast from Dadville mm-hmm. where he was talking about like, we, what was the phrase he used about coping with your, like you're teaching your kids how to, Oh goodness. I, it was like, eventually your kids know how to self regulate, regulate, mm-hmm. but when they're young, you're co-regulating with them. You're yes. helping them get through yes. frustration, anger, pain, suffering, et cetera. Right. And, and a lot of that is like, you're, and sometimes we are causing that pain and frustration because we're like, no, you got to finish your dinner. Like yeah. here's reality. <laughs> and we need to be a proxy for reality because if we can be a proxy for reality in, in the comfort of our home mm-hmm. and our family, then that's an easier way to be introduced to reality, then here's a swimming pool. I'm, you're, you just got pushed in. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, and then it was like, one of the things he was like, be decide which things you're going to hold the line on. Mm-hmm. Like which, you know, where are the standards? Like, yeah. is it finishing dinner? Is it bedtime is this? Is it no screen time here? Or like, you know, what, where are you going to hold the line? Yeah. Um, and write those down and kind of discuss those with your wife. That's good. Cause it's hard to hold it on all of them all the yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. And that's also not fair to kids sometimes. Right. Like, and you see parents who try to do that, and they're they're just like... Their kids are so uptight, and you just see the parents crumbling. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um, but that was, that was really good. That was so, so good. Um, and then the next morning, we went back to sort of talking about intimacy with your wife. Um, and again, Jeremy's just like, is Gandalf. That's all I can say. Uh he has like a weekly newsletter or you should subscribe to it. Just anything Jeremy Pryor does just engage. Absorb. Especially if you're a dad, because that's like his heart is for dads and family. Yeah. Um, so one thing he said next morning, I made the decision a long time ago not to coach my wife. I encourage her. Well, if that's not convicting to TJ Macedas, <laughs> I don't know what is because I often play the role of coach and I don't think I should because then he said, if I have the decision, if I have to choose between fixing a problem and intimacy, I need to always choose intimacy because I think as men, we sort of hear, I would hear you say something sorrowful or hard or whatever. And I'm like, I need to fix that. Right. And you don't necessarily always want me to fix it. Rarely actually do you want me to fix it. Most right. of the time you just want to explain where your heart is. Yeah. You want intimacy, you know, to becoming one. You want to talk about it. Talk about it. That is a hard thing for, I think, most men to understand. Um, and so I was telling myself over and over again, if I can choose between fixing it and intimacy, I'm choosing intimacy. Intimacy. <laughs> Conversation. I'm not going to fix it. It's fine. Everything's fine. Insert the gif of the person drinking cup cup of coffee. Uh, in the fire, it's fine. Uh, but that was really, really powerful of just like, that is just so true and so good. And like, and, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I was blown a, away by that. That's a lot to think about. Cause even though I don't even know if I do that every right. time. Yeah, for sure. Cause I am a fixer. Yeah. And even with your kids too, sometimes like, you know, they're hurt. Do you, you know, do you want to choose to fix it or do you want to choose like an intimate moment to show them that they're loved and cared for? Yeah. Tough. <sighs> ah, <laughs> dang it. Gandalf. Um, uh, the next thing we talked about was building an outpost. So this was so fascinating. Something I never thought about in the old Testament. There is a lot of discussion about family, mm-hmm. the, the purpose of family, the roles of family. You get, a vision for family. You, you follow the family of Israel. Like you understand family in the new Testament. 
there's barely any mention. Hmm. And uh, I was just like, so, so Jeremy's talking about this and we're like, well, I guess, yeah, that, that's right. 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 <laughs> he would know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that right? Um, and uh, basically what he said is like the family, it, you know, the family's role is to be fruitful, to multiply and to rule. And then the same commission is in Genesis one is in Matthew 28, you know, be fruitful, multiply, go and make disciples of all the nations. Like mm-hmm. those two line up. And in the New Testament, so while the Old Testament gives us a vision for family and, and the ways of, of living with a family and, and operating with a family, the New Testament shows us a, a what shows us the value of single missionaries. Mm-hmm. And that was really fascinating. Like I never like Paul, you know, they're all single missionaries. Yeah. And the family shows up in Luke 10. Um, it, the, the job of a single missionary was to find a wealthy family to support them. And so you have this family in Luke 10 supporting the work because once you have a family, your work becomes very much focused on that family yeah. and you don't necessarily have the time or the, the capacity to go and preach the gospel like a single missionary would. Yeah. And so it was just really fascinating to think of it that way. And basically like the family's responsibility and our responsibility as, as family teams was to build an outpost you know, to, to be a ble- to be blessed, to be a blessing yeah. for the people that are out there, the single missionaries that are out there proclaiming the gospel and can missionaries be married? Yes. Like it, there wasn't a conversation about that, but he was using right. sort of scripture as a reference point to just show that like the family does have value in the new Testament. It's just not super highlighted because it, the, the, it was really focused on like, this is, this is a proclamation to go and preach. And as a individual who's single, you have much more opportunity to do that. Right. And even looking back on my life, I see that, yeah. you know? Oh yeah. Um, and, but families are responsible to build outposts, which I was like, that is cool. Hmm. I love that. Um, so, and then one thing that we, st- we talked about as we were talking about outposts was, are, are my resources being used for kingdom purposes, which is just like a question we should always be asking ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then, something I text Brooke that I really loved is we get to steward the vibe of our house, you know, and just like how important that is and how much that, that, how much value that has. Um, okay. Let me keep going. Um, here were my highlights. This was just day one. Okay. So, well, day one in the pig carving, um, one, oh, and this is this is something that we talked about really early on that I totally forgot until I said this. My highlight hired a cleaning person. Yeah. So culturally, households have always had help for civilizations past. Like because you were building like a multi-generation family. So like you, you know, you didn't you didn't necessarily move out of your parents' house when you got married. You might have moved to the literal house next door, a house on the compound. Yeah. And so family was always helping raise family and grow family. Yes. Modern family is you leave and now it's all on you, all your responsibility to do everything. And so what you see culturally now is like wives who are just stressed beyond belief because they're trying to do all all the, do all the things, raise the kids, clean, keep the house clean. And now there's like this real strong cultural pressure to like, you also have to own a business. Like you also have to be a boss babe and like crush it. You got to do it. Just crush it. It's super easy. And so uh, Jeff shared an article a few weeks ago and had this picture in it where it's this photo of a doorway. Perfect image. Yeah. A man, uh, the dad sitting in an office working for the family, like at home, the doorway in the middle. And then the mom trying to pull wipe a kid's butt who's screaming in the bathroom and just like that image is so strong. And so like, but there's also this weird pressure on women to like, if you can't do it all your own and if you need a cleaning person or a nanny, you are failing. Like that is a strong sort of feeling that women have. circles, yes. And like you could hear it from like a mother-in-law or something like that. And it was just like, Brooke and I spend Fridays cleaning. I was like, well, we we don't need to do that. We, you know, we, we have the income to pay for someone to help us there. Yeah. And just like that, just like kind of flip the switch of like culturally or historically, not culturally, historically, we are trying something new now. Right. Historically, the, the household has had help, whether it was from having a household staff or whatever, or at literally having family nearby. It's yeah. always been this, like, it takes a village type thing. Yeah. Now it's like, you do it on your own. Yeah. And if you can't, you're a failure, but also do it on your own. And then also do a a bunch of other things. 
And if you can't do all of those things and look good while doing it, you're a failure. Right. And like, that's a lie. Our yeah. modern culture has believed and modern moms have believed. Yeah. And so it was just like, bam. I mean, so many cultures still. Yeah. Who have the grandparents around yeah. and like a set of cousins or aunts and uncles. Yeah. Like it is dispersed between everyone. Yeah. Now it's like you get help when you have a baby and that help comes in form of a meal train. Right. End of help. Yeah. If you can't do anything more, you are a failure. <laughs> like that is so hard. Yeah. And men have it easy in that respect. Like right. we're, we're not called to that crazy unrealistic standard as long as we're bringing home the bacon, you right. know, but there right. should be this like family economy, family community that you've built. Yeah. But it was just like, that was so helpful to just hear that kind of perspective shift for me to be like, yeah, we'll, we'll hire someone to help there. And mm-hmm. I don't feel any guilt about it. I don't feel any shame. I don't feel like you're failing in any way. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that over and over again. So you don't feel that way. Right. Um, and then it's going to free up more family time, yep. more time for us to like stay on mission for what we're trying to do. And just like, and a bunch of guys in the group were like, oh, we have help here. We have like, yeah. And I was like, oh man, I didn't know. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other highlight was coming up with the idea for the five minute w- midweek podcast, which we're going to try. The big highlight was Taylor being there. Um, I also really enjoyed talking to my friends, Josh and Jordan. Josh is, runs a brand called Famous at Home. And he, anytime Josh talks, I'm like, okay, I'm listening. He's the one that gave us the chair behind you yes. metaphor, which we use almost every day. <laughs> Jordan owns Chick-fil-A's in San Diego, and he's just really funny and super fun to be. He's also super smart, and he's got a great beard and everything. Um, <laughs> Stewarding the vibe of your house that I was challenged to create. Like, we have a mission and family vision in our heads. Yeah. It's not documented anywhere. So I was, right. I was challenged to like sort of document what that is and have it written somewhere. Um, and then six is the year that I want to teach June about money. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jefferson gave me the idea that he's like, I didn't attach anything to it. Like there weren't chores involved. It was just like, here, here's what money looks like yeah. and here's how it works. Right. And and so I really like that idea of like disconnecting it from like, you have you to, earn to earn it, it. to just yeah. like, let's just teach about it. Mm-hmm. And then later we'll add in the layer of earning it. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I'm only on day one. We're at an hour. Yeah, we should stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll split this up into two. Yeah. It, I, I can't, because exp- I'm at an hour and we didn't spend much time chit-chatting. No, we didn't. I can't. So, so what this does, what this shows me is like there are spaces there are spaces for people within your community, whether that's business owners, moms, dads, you know, singles, whatever, like name your people and name the type of people who are trying to do life the same way that you. So like this is very much focused on like family team, multi-generational family, like language that the common, like the normal person would be like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Even sometimes when they use that language, I'm like, okay, can you explain what that means? So I'm not a wizard, but you are. So like, just teach me the lingo of the wizardry. Um, But this has so much value. Yeah. And so like, find those people in your life, find those people in the, on the internet, find them wherever you can and, and meet with them, get together with them because so like, while we did teach lessons and he could have probably done this on zoom, some of this stuff, (laughs) so much of the value was in the conversations while sitting on the couch, while, you know, Get, drinking coffee in the morning like yeah. there was just so much in in the in the like spaces yeah. of the actual between the lessons that was so valuable and so like I've talked to Brooke I was like how can we kind of duplicate this and do this with some of our community because yeah. like it's just so valuable and it's so amazing um I don't know if I've reached wizard levels yet right I still have quite a few years before I get my staff and everything yeah. it's a process so but maybe when does the ring get involved uh, later, later. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I can't. Too soon. Yeah, we're <laughs> way too soon. Got it. Um, so any, <laughs> I basically just talked for an hour. I know. Are you all right? Okay. It's a lot of talking. It is a lot of talking. Anything that you want me to clarify or. No, I mean. I mean, we'll start. To, I'm, I've enjoyed listening to this because you unpacked it a little more here than I feel like yeah. certain sections when we were just talking. But. Yeah. It's also good. So we'll do this as part one. Yes. We'll do part two next week. Yeah. Um, just because there's, there is so much. Yeah. Um, and I took way more notes this time because I was like, I do not want to miss this because <laughs> last time I felt like I came home with totally things that totally changed our lives. And I probably wrote like three pages of notes. Right. So I was just like, I'm more prepared this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was super good. I love it. 
Anyways, I think that's, that's I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Um. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for making this part of your week. And for coming down the tunnel of learning. Learning tunnel. Learning tunnel. Yeah. Oh, we are at the precipice. We're a few spirals in. Yeah, we, yeah. We got a, we got a spiral in. It, it's a drill. I th- I feel like we're we're painting the picture of a drill. Okay. Kind of like yeah, like kind of like the underminer. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> From Incredibles. That's what I'm picturing. Okay. So we started the drilling tunnel. Wow. Uh, so yeah, there we are. I like that. Anything else, babe? Nope. Upstairs and downstairs? Mm, downstairs. Okay, okay I, I love, love you. Bye. bye.